much help. Oh, he doesn't need any help. How about that? It's a happy ending for Scotland for a change. The time has come. And he's found across Al Robson Cano. He's turned brilliantly. What a goal that is. Deli Alley, Daniel Sturridge. Sturridge scores. It's over. It is over. Greece are the champions of Europe. The ultimate outsiders. And here's Gascoigne. Brilliant play! Oh! Take a bow! Rooney. He's done it again. Dear Walcott accelerating. Pulled back towards Danny Welbeck! England lead again! Trezeguet is waiting in the centre. Trezeguet! France have won the European Championship! The only thing that they have got is the big boy up front, Sigurdsson, who really, Sigthorsson. Oh, oh my word. My oh. Tell us, talk us through that, Steve. I think we know what's happened. We'll talk go us through. Getting bad results, shitting bad results, shitting bad results, shitting bad results. Welcome to Man Marking at Euro 2020. In today's episode, we'll be taking a glance at the four quarterfinals that took place over the weekend and previewing those lovely semi-finals that start this evening at Wembley. Hello to you, the listener. Very happy to have you on board with us today. Joining me is the two fellas. It's Ryan Portford. It's Anthony Olsen. Lads, England are in yet another semi-final. I'm actually getting a bit bored of them, to be entirely honest with you. But the big question... The huge question on everybody's lips, you know, or at least on my lips, is how much credit does Sam Allardyce get for this? And he deserves all the credit in the world for absolutely mocking it up and and leaving the job he should never have gotten in the first place. (laughs) Do you not think he? uh, This is not really the time. Do I not think he earned the job? Uh, Ryan, how much credit does Sam Allardyce deserve? Do you know what? He's the type of fella that would take credit for this performance. You know, (laughs) he he really is. Why I picked a team that one game and. Well, it's interesting that you should mention the one game that he that he managed. I thought for a little uh, little started off, little little tea, little appetizer, little aperitif. Um, I wondered if you two could name me the eleven oh. that started in Sam Allardyce's only. Can you? They won one nil in the last minute, didn't they? Yeah. They did. And Adam Lallana goal yeah. won it. I want the. What, uh, what is the year? And is it seventeen two thousand seventeen? Uh, I think. Let me just have and a who look. Who was the opposition? Uh, it was oh, Slovakia. Slovakia. Oh, Slovakia. Uh, mm. Martin Skate got sent off for Slovakia. He'll do that. Uh, it was September of 2016, so it was just after Euro 2016, just after the Iceland loss. Um, so I want you 1 to 11. Who's going to be in goal? In goal. Oh, it's dark days then, isn't Fraser it? Fraser Forster? No. Good start. Is it Pickers? No, it's not Pickford. Oh, God. Joe Hart still have the jersey? Joe, Joe Hart still has the jersey. Oh, my God. Right back, I'll go someone random like Nathaniel Klein. No. Nope. Walker. Kyle Walker. Left back? Baines? Nope. Shaw? No. Nope. Oh, um, it's just after the 2016 Euros. Who was playing left back? Oh, Danny England? Rose. Danny Rose. Danny uh, Rose. Centre halves. Kale and Stones. Yes, we got a three in midfield. Oh, have Hen- we now? Henderson. <laughs> Henderson. Lallana. Nope. No, I think he came as a sub. No, Lallana was playing. He was was Fair playing forward. left of the front three. Oh, okay, so, so Henderson. We've got Liver- a, Livermore. No, we've Rooney. Got, we've got Rooney. Oh, okay. We've got a sitter. Rooney's not. Gareth Barry still. No. No, he's gone. I'm going to give you one word. Pace. Oh. <laughs> Mobility. Movement. Uh, Jan Mulby. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, that man would be faster than this player. Oh, my God. Who is it? Ollie Banks. <laughs> <laughs> Me. He was he was sitting deep in midfield for England. Very deep. Just after Euro 2016. Sitting very deep in midfield for England. Very deep indeed. <laughs> So deep. <laughs> it was it was Eric Dyer. Oh my god! Uh, and then the front three. We got Lallana on the left. Lallana. He wouldn't have played Sterling, would he? He did. Did he? Sterling. Raheem Sterling on the right. Did he play Jamie Vardy? No, Harry Kane. Oh, Harry now, Kane. 
that it's not a million miles away from the current England eleven, which I thought was kind of weird. Can really. you name me the bench? Yeah, well, that was what I was going to go on to. So, the bench is where it gets interesting. Well, back in there? Uh, no. Delph? No. Just name the bench. Smalling, Heaton, Walcott, Storage, Jagielka, Klein, Drinkwater, Vardy, Ali, Antonio, and McCarthy. That Antonio bad. Getting in there. It's it's mad though compared to what we've got now. I know, but I think if you look at the 2018 bench, it's randomly mad. Yeah, it, it, it is. Like quite I didn't. Mad. I think back to them semis, which was about six months ago. <laughs> I did not know Danny Welbeck was on the bench at that World Cup. Neither did I until right now. Was he on the bench? Danny the Welbeck last World was Cup? at the last World Cup. So was um, he was obviously Fabian Delph was there, but we kind of know that Ashley Young was starting. Ashley Young was starting. Who was on the bench? Ashley, someone really good was on the bench. Wayne Rooney. <laughs> anyway, we've gone off topic Sorry, straight yeah. away. Um, so what we're going to do today, then, chaps? I'm going to split this this episode into two parts for the listener. The first half we're going to talk about the England Denmark semi final. And the second half, we're going to talk about the Italy-Spain semi-final. Nice and easy. Nice and easy. Let's make a start then, lads. Uh, England won 4-0 in a quarter-final, yeah. didn't they? Took the absolute piss, didn't I they? I mean, we can't score goals, and No, we can't. We're too negative and, you know, we need to play all as you know, attacking players. They controlled that game from start to finish. And fair enough, yes, Ukraine, they had chunks taken out of them by Sweden and whatever else. And Pat Nevin said... You know, England will beat what's left of Ukraine. He did. And they absolutely did. They didn't give him a sniff, really, to be honest. It was a good save by Pickford first half. And then I think... It was a comfortable save, though, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, but it was you know, a good save nonetheless. Every save's a good save. It is. In the keeper's union. Dean Henderson would have held it. I agree. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Dean Henderson would have given more of the goal to Aymar. <laughs> See if you can do it here. Go on. Did you, um, were you surprised at all by the lineup? No, no, I thought no. it was perfect. You know, I thought they were always going to go back to the to the four, and yep. they went at them quick. Sterling went at them, ran at them, and obviously great ball in, and then Kane sets it off on a flyer. And I said to you when we were sitting here, that goal goes in. Where's your game plan now? Ukraine didn't. It was gone in yeah. four minutes. And that's well, such a big change. The interesting thing I thought from Ukraine was was that we scored that goal very early, and as you say, I, I do agree. England controlled the 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 majority of the match. There was a period, I feel like, wasn't a long period, maybe 10 minutes, just shy of half-time. Ukraine were almost, they were forced into a switch by an injury, weren't they? And they went away from the back three, went to a back four. And I think, there was a period of the game where I said to you, I don't know if you remember it, but I said something like, England need to decide what it is they're doing here. Because there was a period where I felt as though England were a bit like, do we go for the second? Do we not go for the second? Do we do we just keep the ball? And that was where that that was where the Uremchuk chance happened, and that was one where the ball went into the box and Mason Mount won it back. And I feel as though there was a little period where you were a bit like I didn't feel massively nervous about no. it. I just felt as though that we were just a little bit like let's get ourselves to half time and, and, and reassess. And clearly, the instruction at half time was just go and stick a second past these and they'll collapse. Well, I mean, you, you, it's completely different to what they did against Croatia in the semi final over here. Yeah. And it was a similar situation where you score early and they're going, oh, what do we do now? We hold on? Yeah, we hold. We hold. Mm. And they didn't. They went out, went out after half time. They got a, a free kick and they started the set pieces going, didn't they? I mean, three of them, you know, two two set piece goals. Yeah. That's a worry if anyone's coming up against England because they are very, very good at them. And there's a lot of players you can put that ball in the box. There's also a lot of players you can put in the back of the net. The um, Ukraine haven't had a plan or tournament. I tipped them as dark horses. You tipped them down. Quarterfinals count as being a relatively dark horse. Mine wins. Yeah, our, our Denmark shot wins. Yeah, uh, no, <laughs> no, it, it, I mean, go, this is one for no, after the tournament, but I'd like to challenge that but, officially but, with the adjudicators. But I, what I would say, Dan, is I think um, I thought Ukraine were terrible, absolutely terrible. Didn't feel threatened by it. teams are always going to have a moment or two, and, and that's literally all they had. Too, we were too street smart for them. Too good with the ball. Um. The defending for both of our set-piece goals are horrendous. The Henderson one particularly, they've just turned it in at that Absolutely point. Absolutely horrendous, but at the end of the day, England can only beat what's in front of them. And to set the tone, we've tried to score that early goal on every game we've played in, and yeah. it finally worked. And at that point, they were organised Ukraine, they were up for it, so 
you can't really look at that goal and criticise. It's a brilliant goal. And it's not the type of assist you normally see from Sterling. No. It was really... That pass is brilliant. It's the type of pass... Absolutely that, brilliant. ...that I expect that people were probably want thinking that you'd get from a Foden or a Grealish Absolutely. or a Mount. That's what people thought they were in the squad for, and not Sterling. And, I mean, I know you've we've, we've, we're going to touch on Harry Kane scoring goals and maybe now's a good time to discuss that because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the whole argument around Harry Kane, and we all said it was... Well, we haven't got him in games, and now we've got him in games, and he's scoring. He's missed one or two, as strikers do, but the drop-off for us, for our other strikers, is massive, and that's not a criticism of Rashford or Dominic Carver-Lewin, they're both good players in their own right. But if I look around the four semi-finalists, we're the only one with a world-class striker. Immobile's scored a lot of goals, but he's not at that Harry Kane, Aguero sort of level. Is he's just someone who scored good goals for like a Europa League, border and Champions League side? You can't really just drop Harry Kane because he's not having a good few games. And we and did he's say proving as, it now. We did say as well, didn't we? He only needs to get one. Yeah, and, and, and he looked like a different player. I mean, and he that did. volley, mate. That was the moment, wasn't it? Jesus, that was. See, the thing with Harry Kane is, do you remember the at the Czech Republic game when he got that chance? He come in off the left hand side, cut in, and the keeper made the save. We said. Fully fit, fully confident, fully fired, and Harry Kane just smashes that in. And when it dropped to him in that Ukraine game, he doesn't he doesn't do that two or three games ago. We'll have those goals in, in mm. the back. He takes a touch, he maybe tries to set himself and cut and chops in and maybe loses it. But that's Harry Kane at his best. Where he just it's coming out the sky, he's got time to think about it, he's got, he knows exactly what he wants to do, and he's like, I'm gonna absolutely larrup this at the goal. Larrup. What a word. Right Michael Larrup. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Larrup. <laughs> there could also you know, there could also be an argument that he, he's you know, he's grown into it, hasn't he? He's yeah. grown into it. So I mean, he didn't have to go all guns blazing. And the team around him has been good enough for the first time in a number of years to go, Well, we don't we we we'll take this for you. Been other people scoring. Sterling's finally started scoring in a, in a major tournament. He's been brilliant, hasn't and he? He's been Sterling. fantastic, and I, he's I think phenomenal he, even he's such a, such a good player. You know, do you, do you be, he's always been involved. Okay, he was involved quite heavily in that Germany game. Yeah, and you know, even if, I said to you before, the gravitational pull of Harry Kane worries people because they have to go and get tight because he can turn them. And then they have to go and drop off because they're worried about them turning them. Yeah, so they're caught in two minds. And, and when you come up against it, I mean, Ukraine. All credit to them; they've somehow somehow got gotten there into a quarter final. They've done very well to get there, yeah. haven't they? And you know, those two centre halves probably had a, just had a bit of a nightmare against them. To be honest, they've had a nightmare all tournament. Yeah, I think you do have to caveat any of these conversations, and this is not to detract from England's performance at all because England were brilliant; they really were brilliant. And I think sometimes you can do all the analysis in the world, but sometimes you just have to say that team was really good. They turned up with a game plan, they yeah. executed it, and they got the hell out of there. But I do think it is worth caveating that. No, they made them look poor. Having said all that, that if you were going to get any team in the quarterfinal, if you had to pick any of them, Ukraine would have been the team that yeah, you would have yeah, picked. Absolutely. But I think I, they made them look poor. I, I agree. Yeah. I, I fully agree. And we said before Ukraine played Sweden that Sweden look a decent side and maybe Sweden are being a little bit underestimated. And I was a little bit like, you, I was saying this to someone today, do you ever find like with Tramir where if we're <laughs> playing someone in the playoffs, I almost wanted to have lost to them in the in the season because there's like that idea of oh we've we've used up our win against them. Yeah, no, do you know what I mean? So I was a bit like with Sweden. I was a bit like I don't ever want to play them again in a quarterfinal because we did them in, in the last one. They'll, they'll have, we've they'll beaten just... them in a lot of tournaments, haven't we? Didn't we have a really bad record against them for ages? No, we draw a lot of games against. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. Remember Joe Cole? Cole yeah. yeah. Um, I I also thought, and I don't know if you lads agree, us getting away from Wembley and getting a little bit away from the euphoria that's been building back at home was probably a good thing for the England team. And they can now go back into Wembley with that semi-final, slightly removed from it, where they're not getting ahead of themselves. Yeah, no, I think it's good. I was listening to the the radio on the way down here, rushing home from cricket, and... um, I was listening to Southgate and he goes, yeah, you know, it's been hot and, and, and that, but you know, it's Not a lo- that heat. the sun's sun's gone down now and it's a lovely night to play football and I said to you, I went, it's on this, there we go. He, he knows exactly, it's a great place to play football, why wouldn't, why would you be scared of playing in Roma? Yeah. Everyone was like, oh, we've got to travel. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, great. <laughs> like, you know, what's I wrong with that? What it does as well is, if you do something too many times, it's not special. That Germany game was special because it hasn't really happened since '96, yeah. and if you went three games on the bounce there, so the Germany, the quarters, and then the semis, the time the semi rolls around, you kind of lost that. 
Yeah, that but get I what feel you mean. like now you go, oh, we've been to Rome, and now everyone who's seen the scenes at the quarter at the uh, last sixteen game, the buzz to buy tickets and be in that ground is going to be huge. And there's an extra fifteen thousand. And the there's an extra well. fifteen thousand, and I just think that I actually like that we're now going back to Wembley. We've earned the right to yeah. now be back at Wembley. And as you say, the buzz to buy those tickets. I mean, a mere eight hundred pounds will get you a ticket, <laughs> yeah, and more. Yeah, no, more. No, I was well. I was looking today on some website, and the, the cheapest ticket you could buy was eight hundred pound. Yeah. Ridiculous. Eight. I've seen people's like Instagram stories, like DM me for tickets, twelve hundred quid and stuff, and you're like, Nah, I'm not DMing anyone. For I mean, now. you know, it's probably not really the time right now to, to to speak about it, but that that's a joke, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, we've just had all the all the all the the European Super League stuff, and <laughs> UEFA were. Ah, oh, these I mean, greedy football clubs. These, you know, look at them and the rest of it. The, the surely, sorry, the official UEFA the, one oh, are they? like five hundred quid. Oh, okay, that's bad. These are just resale ones. I was going to say, I'm sure they'd be resale on which, which, yeah. which to be fair, you'd think if they actually cared about supporters, they would make it so you couldn't resell them. The same yeah. way you can't resell Glastonbury tickets, for example, they could just do that. And given that we're in a in a COVID situation, the need for knowing exactly who was there is probably. You know, probably more important than it would normally be with a football game. Um, uh, yes, yeah. But yeah, anyway, you right. you a shit, and <laughs> the people who are in charge of football care only about uh, how much money they can squeeze out of people. Oh, sorry. Can we just because I, I saw a really good thing. Did you see the this augmented advertising? Oh God, yeah. This how is how amazing is that? I know it's bad because obviously it's just more advertising, money, well, and whatever. But does, I mean, it's not all bad. How does it work? I don't know. So. Depending on what country you're in. No, no, I get that. But what I mean is, how does the board actually work? What's on the board? Yeah, so I think there's one live board, and then as Pops touched on, the rest is must be done, like, almost by computer, if you see what I mean, so just being projected onto the screen. It's blowing my mind. It's all amazing, that, you know? isn't it? Like, if it wasn't full of gambling out there, it'd be so much better. But yeah. it is amazing. It's, like. al- it's almost a little bit like... It, 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 it's almost a little bit of a microcosm of, of Southgate at this tournament. Which advertising boards he going to pick? He's got so many advertising boards to pick yeah. from. You know, is he going to go with the most attacking or is he going to go <laughs> defensive with them? Is you this how we're getting on to a back three or a back four? Yeah, well, the, that was obviously a little bit of chat before and the back three had worked pretty well against Germany and it had it, almost been a sort of elephant in the room conversation, back three versus back four, hadn't it? Up until, you know, Southgate just there. Uh, smashed the emergency glass and pulled out the back three. But we went back to the to the four, yeah. which I think everyone, you know, we spoke about it pre-game and we were all pretty adamant, yeah, I think we're ready to go for the four. Going into the semi-final, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get on to Denmark, Czech Republic in a moment. Do we stick with the four? Do we go to the three? Well, I think, I think it's all about, you, do you want to be a spoiler or do you want to put the onus on yourself to to be the main attacking threat now against Germany despite being at home we knew how good their wing backs were and we we needed to counteract that with Ukraine I don't think we need needed to do that in the same way I don't think we were particularly worried about their wing backs mm-hmm. against Denmark it's really difficult because in transition they can actually shift formation so they sometimes start with Christensen in a back three he goes into midfield and it quickly becomes a back four or he covers and it stays as a three when the wing backs go. And I think, I think we, I don't know, I'm, I, I wouldn't surprise me if we're leaning towards matching it up because of the magnitude of the mm. game and because of the success Denmark have had. I think they've um, they've scored quite a lot of goals since since the two openers, haven't they? Yeah, they got four in back-to-back games, didn't back-to-back they? Back-to-back games and they got two the other day, so the scoring goals... Another reason we might go to a back three is because Denmark have won the most aerial duels in the tournament by quite a margin. I think they win something like 21 points on the aerial duels a game. England are the second most at 16. So it shows you how physically strong Denmark are. Yeah, and that's... So by getting an extra defender on the yeah, pitch... and we've just talked about England's prowess and set pieces as well. It, there's no bigger, better team in the year than Denmark. So we kind of... Not that we can't score a set piece or defend them well... But we like how easy was it for us to go ahead of against Ukraine? Yeah. Even the one Kane scores from open play, you're not getting that out of Vestergaard and Kia. No, he's not getting. He's not no stuck one in the is getting sandwiched between the yeah. pair of them, and they were just going stood off. Going, oh, there's Harry Kane. So I wonder if you think by having Trippier in there, I know he's not exactly big, but he's someone whose first thought is defend before attack. 
It's another defender in there, isn't it? I think yeah. that's the... Or the other option he might go for is keep the formation, but your mount becomes a Henderson. So rather than have a 2-3-1, it's more of a 3-3. Because Sancho does give you that something else, doesn't he? I mean... I, I see. This is what I was just about to say. I wonder whether you try and make that left-back of Denmark's defend. And I know he probably Mayland. can. Yeah. I know he probably can. But he's had a lot of joy. And because, he's right-footed. Yeah, he's had, yeah, exactly. He's had a lot of joy going down at left-hand side. And that, mid- back, that, yeah. That, yeah, and that midfield has had a lot of joy in the last couple of games. I would say they haven't been up against someone who's going to get hold of the ball a lot. That England. Mean, no, Denmark. Denmark. I, I don't think they've been up against a team. Who's gonna, Belgium. Who beat them? Who beat them? Who beat them in a, in a difficult game. Yeah. For them. Yeah. Absolutely. But I don't think they've been up against a, a team who's going to have the ball. I'd say England are going to try and get on the ball a lot and try and move that midfield around, particularly yeah. Delaney and Hoiberg. That's your kind of key to the game. I wonder whether they go with Grealish to absolutely try oh, and try and worry keep them. Going. If I <laughs> say his name again, yeah, <laughs> not the only semi. I, <laughs> I, I, I genuinely do wonder whether you go with Grealish and go right. Go on, go and defend this. Deal with this. And I, I would wonder whether he sticks with that same formation but puts Grealish in for Mount. I, I'm not sure. Maybe that's been a bit too. So adventurous, I'm sure Southgate will come up. Southgate's in the in the best position to, to pick yeah. it, and I think that's, he's I picked think, it really well so far. Well, that's something I wanted to pick up on, really. And Ryan, you've been quite vociferous about this for oh. all of the tournaments. And, 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 and you know, I know you're a big fan of Southgate. You, nice. you always he's have been fantastic. Um, one thing I did want to kind of kind of just kind of touch on was before we move on to to the Denmark Czech Republic game. So the, the 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 formations and the selections of Southgate have been a big talking point throughout the build up to the tournament. Yeah. In the tournament, is he the right man for the job? Is he too defensive? Is he too cautious? Is he too this? Is he going to be able to get the most out of these attacking players? I think when we go into that, you having that conversation, Southgate's the right man for the job to pick that team. You trust him now to to pick that team. One thing I did, one thing I wanted to kind of you know to make the point for Southgate. So I was looking through the the archives. Oh God! Looking through the annals of time. <laughs> um. So, in, uh, in in England's kind of tournament history, so before Southgate got the job, after 1966, there'd been 25 tournaments between 66 and when Southgate got the job. Seven of them we didn't qualify for. We won 27 matches in that entire period in competition, in competition matches. Southgate's won eight in the, the two tournaments he's had. We've had five knockout wins since 1966 up until Southgate took over. He's won four knockout games in two tournaments. Now, I think the biggest thing with Southgate is he may. I think people were looking at him going, "Well, he had no, he didn't do anything as a manager before that. He hasn't done this. He hasn't done that." What he's done is he's what what you know with Southgate is, you know, he's got great character about him. He's got the right sort of angle on his moral compass. He's you know, erudite and he talks well and he connects with people, he understands people. But the biggest thing he's got, which a lot of England managers haven't had before, is his ability to learn from his mistakes yeah. and, his, and, and to understand how things work. And, you know, one thing that we've talked about in this throughout this tournament is he's just grasped how you get through a tournament. Yeah. It's not about being the best team. It's about plotting your way through. Oh, and he's realistic as well. Yeah. And there's always, I mean, you read stats out like that and you go... England have been absolutely farcical. The media have been farcical. The fans have been farcical in thinking that they were ever, ever near getting to deep into a tournament before then. We've been shit uh, it, for so for, long. It's a yeah. terrible, it's terrible mad. record. And the only the only manager I could... And we picked the wrong managers as well. I and mean, that's a different story, and I could talk about that for a long time. I wouldn't yeah. have you slag off Steve McLaren on this show. Oh, my God. That's the worst one, I think. <laughs> and it, they, they picked the wrong managers for a long, long time. Yeah. And for for England to to now sort of have a manager <laughs> kind of fell into the job. Yeah. And he was kind of the butt of the joke for a while. It, to have him go, well, actually, I'm going to go learn from American football and see what they do and how they approach games. And I'm going to learn a lot around what I need to do because I know I'm going to qualify. I've got a team that can qualify. Yeah. But when we qualify, what are we going to do? How am I going to play? And I think what epitomizes it a lot is that 
and Joe Joe Gomez gets injured against the Netherlands before the 2018 World Cup. Yeah. Hanuguay steps in and buys completely into it, and they all bought into it. And we said it before; it's still the same nucleus of that squad, and yeah. they all bought into it. Jack Grealish looked happy as anything on that bench, but he wanted to go and play. But he still looked and happy the for the rest South, of his team. The first thing Southgate did was put his arm around Grealish yeah, yeah. because Grealish is the type of player where he won't. He, he's 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 clearly professional and will and you know he trains properly and he after his debacle when he was younger yeah. but these days he's 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 clearly committed to 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 be in the football at the top level but he just wants to play football he wants to be a part of those big occasions and Southgate's clearly learned that and gone there's a bigger one for you coming don't yeah. worry about it there's more for you and I think I think with England as well he threw a lot of money on it the Capello disaster yeah. was an absolute disaster it was a prison camp when they had it in in 2010 it was horrendous Made him run. <laughs> they didn't want him run. <laughs> They'd run all season. What's the point? But I also <laughs> think that I also think, as you say about the players buying into it, I think yeah. the players at that time, you know, well, they were big. They were big characters, and they had Sven to manage them. But I, I mean, we look at the five-one, the Germany game, and then you look at the tournament, and they're going with a completely different team. And like that's not the team that they had, and that's the reason. I mean, to get that far and get to Brazil and you know push them a bit, that was quite quite an achievement yeah and, and they, they might just, have won that they, tournament if they either got through they, that game they just, potentially they just never carried carried it on and then there was like you know you get the papers involved trying to set the manager up and that hasn't happened <laughs> that just hasn't happened did you see the first hasn't happened did you all? see Southgate's first interview after we beat Ukraine the first thing he said was I'm happy but I can't help but feel sad for Ramsdale Johnson Connor Cody and the lads yeah. who didn't make the bench and he spoke for five minutes about the lads who didn't make the bench because he's been as a player I think in 2002 he didn't play a minute and he said I just wish I could involve them but um, they trained so well they trained so hard and it's like everybody's slagged Southgate's up until a point slagged his team selection off and most people's reaction in that point would come out and go oh, I've justified the players I've picked but rather than do that He's still focused on the lads who didn't play. Yeah. As a, this is how conscious I am as a person because he seems to be Garth Southgate the good person before he's Garth Southgate the manager. Yeah. Now when you look at his team selection, it's easy for people to go and then you see it all the time. Foden's the best player. Grealish is the best player. So you play your best players. But what Southgate does is this is the best formation to win this game, and these are the best individuals to do the roles that are needed in yeah. that position. So if you're picking a right wing back or a left wing back, and he goes Kieran Trippier, and we all go he's right footed playing on the left, he goes. But the threat is Perisic, and he's going to cut inside, and equally going forward, I believe that someone cutting in and crossing with the right in with is going to do the damage. So he picks the players not necessarily on who's the best player, but who's the best player for the role he set them and the task. And you can see they've all got individual tasks. And I think I said that to you recently. Looks like everybody's got a role and they're taking on the instruction yeah. so well. And as you've seen, Sancho's played six minutes, comes in, plays brilliantly, because he was the right man for that role in that side. And he was clearly not pissed off at all about the fact that he hasn't played. Yeah. He 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 came in and he just, you know, I thought I, I thought Sancho did well. I didn't think he was brilliant i thought his his decision making his end product could have been better but he was so lively he's yeah. popping up in spaces and making things happen and but, and i think that's that's what he almost is replicated in a way what's been so good about sterling to a degree that he's just been someone has to light the touch paper almost someone's got to make yeah. it happen and england have got players who can do that and it's just about empowering them to go and do it and that's what southgate's clearly done really well and i think what What's actually quite fascinating about this game coming up, I think Denmark are quite similar to England. In, in just the way they take on the instructions yeah. and, and the way they set up and the way they're all bought into it and yeah. they've all got a you know a, a motivation. And they've got and a manager as well who's who's respected not just as a football manager but as an individual, as a person mm. as well. But if you have a team that is hard-working, that respects the opposition without being scared of them, you're always going to be in games. Yeah, yeah it's a you're going to be like, competitive, yeah. It's a yeah. bit like, kind of like, not being derogatory, but I was Sean Dyche would set up Burnley. I was just thinking of Sean Dyche. But he's respectful, know the limitations, work hard and do the simple things well, and that will get you to a certain do, do, level. I always, I mean, I'm not sure if anyone else thinks this, I always think the way teams fall down, certainly with good players, is they think they... They're gonna play their game. Yeah, we're gonna Whereas, impose ourselves. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go and do this. We're gonna go and do this. And I think it actually sometimes has a detrimental effect. And I said to you at the start of the season with Liverpool, for instance, Liverpool are gonna play that same game. Liverpool are gonna play that same game that and football might have changed. And I don't think they're gonna be able to do it all season yeah. and keep going because people are gonna know what they're gonna do 
We saw them struggle. As soon as the chances start getting missed, they struggle. They can see goals. It's not going in the back of the net for them, and it becomes a big thing, and it was a massive thing. It was like, when are Liverpool going to win again? And I think teams do that, and I think England have done that for a number of years, where it's like, no, no, we'll play 4-4-2 and we'll win mm. games. Or oh, we'll just play the best players. And that's not We've the case. We've got better players and than Dem- you, so we'll win the yeah, game. Yeah, and Denmark know that that's not the case. I think Sweden, they'll, be, they'll honestly be kicking themselves. If they had a little bit more quality in midfield, they'd be kicking themselves because they should have got through that game and yeah. they would have given England a... They a, could have gone to Rome and got slapped 4-0 as well. Well, they could, probably could have, but they would have given England a really good game because oh, yeah. they're a very well-structured team and, they're, they're, again, they're similar. With a little sprinkling of quality in there yeah. as well. The thing is, when you look at major tournaments and you look at France going out and when Portugal went out and all these sides... The reason they often go out, especially to a team that's maybe on paper not as good as them, is a moment of madness. And what Southgate does is he minimises the, the mayhem. Yeah. So we don't get ourselves too many times, apart from maybe Walker plays that pass, which is too short, and he's done that a few times in this tournament. If you minimise the mayhem or the chaos you minimise the risk of score, yeah. conceding a goal. And often you find them teams, and Spain are guilty of this quite a lot, their game f- flows in a certain way, which is they'll have 70 to 80% of the possession, wave after wave. Now, they'll either beat you 3 or 4, but if it stays 0-0 nil, or 1-0, they're going to be susceptible to that chaos by the way that the Alba's always on the opposition touchline. They've got they've left the two defenders, 2-1-2. Two, two. We don't run that risk under Southgate. It's measured. And uh, if you remove those moments of chaos across the tournament to less than one per game, like Jordan Pickford's kick, which <laughs> will happen. That was great, If that. you stop that happening three or four times, you greatly improve your chances of winning. What you missed because you weren't uh, here watching it with us, Ryan, was uh, head of the Jordan Pickford fan club, Anthony Olsen, tried to defend that kick and then saw it on the replay and went, oh, actually, yeah, maybe it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just thought, oh, pickers, pickers. Um, <laughs> We'll 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 certainly get to Spain, Ryan. But I want to move us on to Denmark, Czech Republic. Obviously, England are going to be playing Denmark. What were your kind of thoughts on that game? I thought it was, I think it was the most entertaining, the most interesting game. But I think Denmark were, were despite the the scoreline and despite a little bit of late pressure from the Czechs, I thought they were pretty comfortable. Yeah, the, I'm, I'll be I'll be honest. I only saw the highlights of it because I was out playing cricket. Um, but the, the don't mention cricket on this show. No, actually, sorry, can I? <laughs> sorry, I will mention cricket because what I saw was a load of the opening up cricket uh, stickers on loads of loads of bats against oh, the team good. that we were playing, which was which is brilliant. Like, um, so yeah, I, I I saw the highlights. I mean, obviously the the second goal, Dahlberg's is, oh, is pretty nice. But I mean, I I've waxed lyrical about Denmark for a, for a while that they're just a, a very good team, and it'll be a very good performance if yeah. you're going to have to beat them. But obviously, you two have watched the game, so. Well, how much did you think that... Because I've written on here, why was the match played in Baku? And it was kind of widely talked about, but I I think the game really suffered from the fact that they played it on the moon. Well, Denmark have obviously played a lot of games in Copenhagen and the energy has been unbelievable. And this is the first time I've walked at Denmark and thought they looked a little bit tired. Um, Shattered. Shattered. But, but I I mean, I was looking at the stats and... First half, you thought they'd run away with it, and I even text a bit tongue-in-cheek to kind of get a reaction from you because you <laughs> predicted Czech Republic would win. Who the hell would predict Czech Republic would win? And then I it didn't went, even notice that. Yeah, and then, it, and then it went 2-1. I was like, oh, and then there was chances, and I thought I actually wanted it to go to extra time for that reason that yeah. they would be even more shattered. <laughs> but just looking at some of the stats, have 44% possession. They only completed 376 passes. England completed over 600 the other night, although there was a lot of stones to Maguire in the final 10 minutes. Pass accuracy was 75%, which is quite low. Mm. I think the average has been in around the 80s in this tournament. England's was 91% the other day, which again, probably a lot of Maguire to Stones to walk are getting that percentage up. But it's the first time I've looked at them and thought they look a bit vulnerable. But See, I thought the opposite, you know. What I would say about them is, and I'm kind of going to caveat what I've just said, is that I don't think beating... People look at England winning 4-0 and go, look how good England look. They're now favourites. I don't think winning easy in a quarterfinals good. Italy have had a hard game against Belgium. Spain have gone to extra time and then penalties. You mean because it keeps you focused almost? Yeah, I don't think an easy game before the semi-final is more beneficial than what Denmark went to, where you've got to hold on that last 10 minutes. You've got that spirit. You've got to show a different side to you. You 2-0 up, it comes 2-1. You've got the deficit to defend. England coasted for the last half an hour, and that's not our fault. We were just good enough to win the game within yeah. the first hour. 
but I don't necessarily think winning four nil is is as good for your team as you might perceive it to be. Well, see, I thought with with Denmark, I think the, again in the way that we caveated England's four nil win with Ukraine aren't that good; they're a bit chaotic. The Czechs are a really good side, a really good side. They are. They're, they're a, a good side in the sense of they've done very well together and they've played very well. Man for man. I mean, they've got a Bristol City centre-half. Like, they've done very well, but they they're have. not a very good side. See, I, th- I, I, I think they're much better than people were giving them credit for, and that's why I was impressed by Denmark, because I thought... I thought it was it was quite a weird game, and again, I think massively influenced by the fact that they played it in Baku, which was ridiculous. And I yeah. remember, I think I can't remember who the commentator was, but the commentator made the points right at the beginning of saying this stadium Baku is <laughs> not even in Europe; it's in Asia, and you just like how in the middle of a pandemic are we in the situation where like you're being limited as to where you can travel to. And we've got two teams. One of them is from Denmark and other teams from the Czech Republic. And the pair of them are flying all the way out to Baku. There's not even any direct flights there. It, it, it's like the combined, it was like the best part of like 4,000 kilometers travel for them. Hmm. It's completely ridiculous. It's just so stupid. And I know it's non-footballing reasons that, that cause these things. It, it, it's money and advertising and the rest of it. It's always minging. But also combined with the fact that you could have played it somewhere else where there'd have been a proper crowd, which is the whole point. There was nobody there. It's like a 70,000-seater stadium. There's about 8,000 people there. Mm. And I think for both teams, because the Czechs had played Denmark in Budapest, so they'd had the full stadium, Denmark had played their game against... um, Who did they beat in their their game? They beat Wales. They played that in Amsterdam, didn't they? And there was a they, they had Good a lot of fans. There's there yeah. about twenty thousand there, so they've both come off the back of those really big atmospheres, which have been lacking for a long time. Imagine the energy that would get pumped up from that to then go into that kind of atmosphere. It just felt so flat. But the game was really strange because Denmark kind of got off to a good start, got the two 0 lead. The Czechs looked completely non-existent. I was like, oh, they've just flapped it here. And then they come out second half. They made a couple of changes. They got the goal. And you're like, right, go on, go and kick on now. And they just retreated back into the shell again and didn't do anything until the end and they started just hooking it into the box, which no, is, which is you, great, you've isn't got it? you got to love to see that. Yeah. Just, it, what should we do, lads? Yeah, get it in the mixer. mixer. Yeah. <clears throat> How big's Thomas shoot six foot? Right, get it in there. I just thought it was it was a really strange performance. But, but the reason I was kind of impressed by Denmark was that I thought the Czechs have caused decent teams problems do you know what I mean I yep. mean I know I know Netherlands are, are, are you know Dutch flop and all the rest of it well but they took the game to them and really they were, really they were an awkward yeah awkward exactly. opponents. and uh, and Denmark were good I mean they took that second goal was gorgeous, brilliant goal gorgeous goal absolutely brilliant they've got that aerial threat we've touched on Delaney's gone from a corner they they did the simple things well as they always do and they just compete so well and they've got a bit of everything so they've got the big lads but then damn guards quick Braithwaite's kind of one of them players who can play in several positions yeah. Dolberg's come alive a bit like Kane has and we've played Czech Republic twice in the last sort of 15-16 months we drew nil with them nil nil and we've lost one nil I think they beat us at Wembley so no oh Denmark Denmark, you mean Denmark, Denmark yeah. who did I say Czech, Czech Republic sorry Denmark yeah so we, we already know it's not, not going to be easy then. it's not going to be easy by by any stretch and uh, the the key is scoring the first goal against them I think yeah I think and so and allowing them to have to come at you and then kind of picking them Pick off the because off. I think it's going to be really cagey really close tight affair and what what did you think from the highlights that you you saw around but I I, I I like I think they did it really well to be fair Denmark in the end they just shut it down, I yeah, think, in the yeah. end. Yeah, and they're just a really effective side. Um, Ant, are you watching Love Island this year? I'm not really. Um, have you seen Chugs? No, I've heard a lot about him. Ryan, have you seen Chugs? Did he say he was yeah. called Chugs because he gives out hugs? That's not. His, that's a lie. Pa- he's a, he's a rugby pa- player. His parents gave him the nickname because it was cuddles and hugs, apparently. No, no, he's a rugby player. He's down a load of pints. Yeah, that's well, what it I, is. yeah. Um, but anyway... He looks like Casper Dolberg. Oh, excellent. Mm. And I put that on Twitter and didn't get any love. Mm. I was, you know. Maybe, anyway. Maybe it's just too obvious. Yeah, well, possibly. Do you think then, Dan, so they've lost 1-0 to Finland, which kind of got to... I think you got to wipe. Yeah, that's right. Shouldn't that have been playing. Yeah. 
lose 2-1 to Belgium, which again, still all a bit raw, and Belgium being really good. Brought the Bruyne on and off. Russia managed to score a penalty against them. Wales didn't score against them, then Czech Republic have scored against them. Do you think England's got to kind of send a different type of crossing? Because I was thinking... We know Vestergaard's good in the air, Simon Kier, but I think they struggle with them like fizzing across the face of goal. You're thinking Reese James? Well, not necessarily the personnel. I'm just thinking, which might come into Southgate's thinking, but the delivery has got to be spot on if you're going to score from across. And I think they would be. I, I think if we start lumping balls into the box, yeah, they're going to eat it up. They're going to eat it up. But them type of get Vestergaard backtracking, fizz it across low get bodies in the box, hope it maybe even comes out to a mount or a race on the edge of the box. I think you've got to kind of beat them that way. Well, then I suppose that we're, we're probably onto the predictions section then. First of all, I want, I, 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 what are you thinking? What, what are the lineups? What's your, what's your England team going to be? Pop, you go, please. Um, I don't really want to go one. Th- I don't think I can think of it right now myself. Um, Pack four, pack three. I, I would... I'm so torn. Like personally, I would, I would try and make Mailer defend. So I go back four. Just quickly on that, because you said it before, I want to ask you. We thought the same about Guzans, and the best way to push Guzans mm. back was to push a wing back on him. Possibly. Well, that's why I'm not England manager. <laughs> so no, but maybe that's not the is, only reason. Yeah. What I'm thinking though is, if you treat Mailer and you like treat a, yeah. Larson in the same way you treat Kimmich and um, Guzans, is wing back a high wing back better? Possibly. Possibly. Because if you go, I'm going to put Sancho on him, and Mailer goes, well, I'm going. I'm just going to leave Sancho. Yeah, I'm going to take we, a risk. And we know Sancho doesn't like to go back the other way. So yeah, does that's my worry. That Not a worry, but I've got a feeling it's good. I thought Sancho was brilliant tonight. I've got a feeling he might not trust him in this game. Possibly. And the other thing as well is is that he, he, he might keep him as a as an impact. Mm. Okay, then, so... I won't push it on your on your lineups then. But no, you, can you do yours first? I just think they're really difficult to, <laughs> um, to pick, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's it's hard to, to kind of second guess him, but I, I wouldn't. Be, I think I think Mount will play. I think they'll. I think they're gonna get control of that midfield. So I can see Mount playing, um, which means that they'll probably gotta, go with the back bi- back four then. Yeah, you've got to be busy round round those two yeah, midfield. They're, Delaney they're and decent. Uh, Sterling and Kane will obviously start. Um, is Saka fit? Not sure. He's having a great time on that unicorn, though, wasn't oh, he? Oh, that was gorgeous, that one. That's a good shout. I can because see... defensively going both ways, Saka is probably your most complete wide yeah. fella. Yeah, so I can see Saka maybe playing. I'd, I'd think maybe 4 3 3, same back four that we started. Hmm. Rice, Phillips, and Mount, Sterling, Saka, and Kane. Dean Henderson in goal. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, you could see that exact team, but Sancho out Saka in. So do you want a prediction then? Yeah. Is that what you want? Yeah. I think England win it 2 0. In normal time? Yeah. I think nil-nil. Oh. And... The stress already. Horrible, in it? England oh. in extra time, one-nil. One-nil. Mm. Uh, Declan I, Rice. It'll just be lovely and we'll all sing Rice, Rice, Baby. <laughs> Give us a little rendition of it now. I've started too early here. It's not under pressure. Uh, yeah, but that's what it is. I know, but like we've gone for like the full twelve-minute Queen version. <laughs> it was like on him um, on the office where they're doing staying alive. <laughs> I can tell, man, away you move on. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go one nil England, but in normal time. Right, can we just pick up on this now? Okay. What the rice rice baby thing? No, 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 no. You going all in on England now? Should we move on? No, to the no, second no. We are not. Do you know what though? We are, no, this I, is a podcast that allows people second chances. Yeah, that's and it. And I'm all it? in. I'm all happy. And I think, do you know what, Dan? You made a big mis- a terrible mistake. The listeners aren't happy. There's We're been not many. Forget it. There's been many comments. I've seen pitchforks outside yeah. the front door. There's been many comments. You wrote us off. I, I mean, I didn't write us off because I didn't rate us. I just had a really horrible, sick feeling in my I stomach. I understand that you've been scarred by previous England I've been, tournaments. I've been hurt. You've been hurt They've by that nil-nil against Algeria. I was hurt too. How Crouch, it was, was way Rooney cr- down the camera. Do you want to know Danny's problem? How Crouch never got on the pitch in that game. With these shows. Oh, God. That as, as the host, and he does a brilliant job. Oh, he's fantastic. He, he often puts himself last in the answer. Mm. Now, Danny's not a man who who likes to follow the norm. He's no. not somebody... He's, he's more of a shepherd than a sheep. Mm. <laughs> Cue his Czech Republic to beat them. Much. He might have thought that. Who yeah. knows? We'll yeah. never know. But if we start pressuring him to go first... Because mm. me and you often have similar 
ways of thinking with these results. Look, one of us is just going to not set an offence. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> what do you mean one of us is going to be wrong? Anyway, let's move <laughs> move on. Uh, so that's the end of part one. We just offer a quick lump of cheddar cheese, and then we'll be back again with part two. What a delivery he puts in with his right foot. Outside his right tab, right into the area, and the finishes. The easiest to finish is, but brilliant goal. Welcome back. Right at part two of uh, Man Marking at Euro 2020. Lovely cheese. It, yeah, it was nice, wasn't it? A few, uh, few crackers. Yeah, but what about Swiss cheese? Oh, speaking well, of the speaking Swiss. Speaking of the Swiss, um, Spain won, Switzerland won, uh, and then beautifully followed by the worst penalty shootout of all time, mm-hmm. uh, including the one that we lost as a team in Preston that time mm-hmm. when... And your penalty was absolutely pathetic. It went about a foot off the floor, it down was, the middle. It was awful. Terrible. Um, but less less about us. Um, Spain, they are... I was having a look at the stats. I thought it's usually useful to have a look at some stats. <laughs> I'm looking at them now. Some numbers. <laughs> top of the goals charts. Second for attempts. Top for possession. And they're also top for pass accuracy. But I still don't know if they're any good. Can I give you their stats for this game? Yeah, of course you can, mate. 28 shots. It's a lot. 10 on target. It's not that many. 73% possession. That's high. 969 passes. I'm led to believe that's a lot. With a 90% accuracy. (laughs) 13 corners. One goal. Switzerland. Eight shots on target. Yep. Sorry, eight shots. Two on target. Yeah, yeah. 369 passes. Nine corners, not too bad. One goal. And this is what I was telling you before about that causing chaos because the longer Spain don't score the more you know the other side will there is a I, I said I was worried about Spain in the group stage and I only went one five nil the game after look but listen Ant, this is a podcast that allows it people does. second chances <laughs> it does allow second chances dum, 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 I dum, dum. <laughs> I couldn't tell you if Spain are good or not I think they are it's hard to know they I, are good but it's got to go their that, way that goal was calamitous to concede <laughs> what was, was that so funny you, you have I mean the, the the funny thing about about the whole I'm Eric Laporte thing is that I didn't even know he was playing for Spain until I watched that first game and I was like, why is I'm Eric Laporte playing <laughs> centre half for him? And I, I I think it was was it Paul Torres who was playing in that Switzerland game. They just decided to run into one another. Mm. But as as has been mentioned in a, in a in a lot of sorts of different media outlets that Laporte's really good and you see him coming at Spain squad and you think oh that that improves them no fault but. He's never played with them players really before. No. He's never had even friendlies with them or nothing. So you couldn't. First game, he was introducing himself, wasn't he? You'd almost think, are they better playing Eric Garcia because they're both no. at City? No. Do but, you reckon he got confused? Do you reckon he, he kind of. He, he, that first game, um, he, he went up to his centre half partner and he said, I'm Eric Laporte. And, and he said, oh, I'm Eric Garcia. And do you reckon that was, that was quite confusing uh, for them all? That's a net. Oh God, no, <laughs> no. Uh, Switzerland were good, weren't they? Yeah. Sort of, not really. Especially were, Jan Sommer. How did? See, I couldn't work out where. So it got to that extra time, and I texted into our group, didn't I, saying this will be an absolute miracle if it gets the penalties, mm. and and then it did because miracles do happen. Mm. Um, but I thought I could. I this is why I was asking our Spain any good because I kind of thought like Switzerland were just there for the taking. They were, they. I mean, as Ryan would say, they were shattered. They were shattered. Yeah, you can see how much they... I mean, they missed Xhaka, didn't they? Yeah. They missed someone to get all He missed ball. it as well, didn't he? Do you know he? what, uh, though? With all the rule changes in football, two yellow cards is a suspension over four or five games is a farce and needs to be dealt with. Yeah. Because big players are missing big games for no reason. Yeah, it's stupid, isn't it? It's ridiculous. You get two yellow cards in a match. Especially when you're encouraged. You to, only get a one-game suspension normally. You're kind of encouraged yeah, to, true. to do those so fouls as well. Why two? And Jack has got his hair done. He's looking lovely. Yeah, and you, he can't you, even play. You are kind of given the license to go. If you want to chop him down on the halfway line, there you go. So, and you're only going to yell a card for it. I, I'm going to take that all day if I can stop yeah. him scoring. So, uh, change the rule then and he won't do it. So but not help behind that refs get things wrong and as well though. So one of those yellow cards might be justified, one might be wrong, and you miss a quarter final. And you can't appeal it when you come with the red card. You might never play in a quarter final for this what? country again. What well, do you think? Of the, was, wasn't, you that think? The, wasn't that the first game that wasn't that the first quarter final Switzerland have gotten to? Uh, 
Yeah, he could be. Probably. I think it was one, I think it was the first quarter final they've ever gotten to in a in a major tournament. So speaking of referees, I'm sure someone will correct us if we're wrong. Say the red card. Yeah, the red card. Yeah, that was. I don't know. I'm torn on this because I went big with 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 you guys. <laughs> you went big on Ampadu stamping on someone's toe. Yeah, Ampadu's was to be fair. Ampadu's lucky to still be allowed in sort of civilized society after that tackle. <laughs> um, there was the Ukraine one as well, which I thought was a definite red card. I kind of thought with this one, I was I was. It's one of those where I'm like, I I don't really know. If you, it, it, right, hang on. My, my if, natural inclination is to think that isn't a red card. If you've been sent off for it, you, would you be accepting of that? Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, okay. But Maybe if I'd not. but if I'd have done what Ben Thatcher did against Pedro Mendes, I'd have probably been asking the ref, "What are you sending me off for?" Oh, God. Do you know what I think though with these tackles, and while I understand why you want to protect players, I reckon the percentage of players that get injured and like badly injured by tackles is probably a lot lower than you think. Like if you look at spinners over the other day, it often actually happens when you're running at full Yeah, pelt, innocuous, isn't it? Or you land in from a header or something like that. These tackles, I mean, you play football yourself, often them type of tackles, if you're both going quite fast, you just kind of get through it. Yeah, I kind of thought it was, it was maybe one of those that's an orange card. Do you know what I mean? Like I thought... What it, I would say is give it, the ref a decision uh, to make. Well, yeah. maybe, maybe you could appeal it then. <laughs> yeah, well, but the, see the thing that I think that, that, that yeah, I know, I know, I've ignored. Orange. Yeah, I got oh. it. I just wanted to move past it. Uh. Um, <laughs> see, the, the the thing that I thought with it was was that you get these tackles where like that's a red card, and you're thinking, oh, come on, maybe it's just a yellow. But then you see some of the things that people get yellows for, and you think, how are they both a yellow? And I think that's why maybe it's a red card. You see some dead soft things given for yellows, like people just bumping into someone. Yeah. It's like straight booking. Mm. Um. The other thing that I thought was was kind of disappointing to see and sort of similar to the Baku thing as well was it was in St. Petersburg and there was loads of unsold tickets. Because it's in St. Petersburg. Oh, that's what I mean. It's yeah, stupid. It's, same, it's the same reason. Who organised this thing? It's in the Gazprom Arena, whatever that is. Mate, one of the meccas. Uh, absolutely <laughs> not. Uh, the other quarterfinal. So the other team that's in the, in the semi-final to play Spain is Italy. Now, this was not... This was not a disappointing affair, was it? Um, match of the tournament so far? Certainly, half up of the there, tournament, the there, first yeah. half. Yeah. No, I thought when Scotland won the won the Euros was the best one. That was good. That <laughs> the Mick football team. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ryan, your boys enjoy it. It was yeah. good, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was really good. I had everything, didn't it? Yeah, I had absolutely everything. And at two 0 you just thought they'd see it out to get the penalty. Which the more I see it, the more I think it is. I thought it was a definite penalty. At the time, I thought it's just not a penalty you often see given, is it? Well, see, I think there's been a few of them at this tournament where there've been things where you go. The only reason I think people are objecting to them is because you don't normally see it. But then I, th- I can't remember who who it was who was tweeting about it. it might be Max Rushton, and he was he was like the fellas just literally shoved him over, like he got into the box and he pushed him over. But he's a really unique little bizarre footballer, isn't he? Do he, you know he runs a bit like a rugby player with he, the drop of the shoulder? He reminded me of. Imagine a scenario where Raheem Sterling and Alan Sam Maximan had a baby <laughs> and then he grew up and played for Belgium. Yeah. That he was, was exciting, he was good, and he, he gave them something different, I thought. It was random that he played as well, because I, I haven't really seen him at the tournament so far. He played in the first game, I think. But um, did you think Lukaku should have done better with those it was two chances? Probably. That, uh, he'll, he'll say he should have done better, shouldn't he? You know, a man of his quality. like. Well, as soon as I tipped him for top scorer, he should definitely have done better. Well, he's let you down. He's, well, he has not only let himself down, but more importantly, let me down. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't realise, because there's a lot of talk about him, but I haven't seen him play much, how good of a goalkeeper Donnarumma is. Absolutely brilliant, I think. Who was the commentator or co-commentator? Danny Murphy. Who was like... Oh, he's not a bad keeper, actually. He's played about 400 games for Milan. He's probably going to be decent. He's still only 22. Crazy. 14. Crazy, but yeah, um, I think you'll be hard-pressed to find a better midfield three than Italy's three. And a lot will say Locatelli's unfortunate to not be in there. Pessin has done all right when he's played, but Verratti, Jorginho is secretly one of the most underrated midfielders in the world. It's not that secret. I don't think he gets talked about like he should. Yeah. I think he's absolutely incredible. He's he's very good. He's very good. Um I think Mancini finding a way for him and Verratti to both play is huge. Yeah, see that's impressive. But I think the thing with Verratti is though, is that you can just go and You can he, play anywhere. Yeah, that's what I mean. He's so just good. just go and go and get involved. 
the two goals were good as well, weren't they? The two Italy goals. Yeah. Like, beautiful. Beautiful. Barella's another one, though, because you're focused on the other two. Barella's another one who's just yeah. had an incredible season at Inter. Did you, a great player. Did you see that thing in Senior said where um, Mancini, he said, Mancini had told him, you know, because he always goes to that bend to the far post, doesn't he? And and Mancini had said something to him like, "Why don't you, you know, mix it up and go for the near post, or you know, drop it in the middle, or you know, try a different shot?" And, he, and it's really then he because obviously he scored that goal, yeah. and he said, "Well, I just couldn't help myself." <laughs> <laughs> to be Courtois as well, like that. Yeah, it was gorgeous. Phenomenal. It was a great moment. That I think the best thing about tournaments, particularly with those big games, you want a big moment like that, like a big, real top quality sort of remember it moments and I think that was it that was what we got in that game you know what I found interesting about it everyone's gone on about Alderweireld Vermaelen and Vertonghen being this really old back three which they are and they are quite slow but then everyone's praised Italy and Chiellini and Benucci are them ages but yeah. they're just well, they're really in a, they're good playing a different way aren't they yeah that's why but I think it's, it's they're also much better defenders than those three as well Yes, they have a much yes, higher standard. They are, but it's, I find it funny how people focus on that. But yeah, like as a centre when the off, age is important. Yeah, it, just say Vertonghen's mm. not as good as Benucci. Yeah, because Vertonghen's only like thirty three, and I think Alderweireld's thirty two. Yeah, Kiwini's thirty six, thirty seven. <laughs> so it's it's just that the better, isn't it? It's not always this. Yeah, thing. You put, and we, I've talked about it calling them an old back foot. I think it's more the pace in behind, but I don't think Italy got in behind that well. They just won the middle of the park. What about the sort of last sort of 10, 15 minutes where, you know, without going into stereotypes, that, that the, 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 the tropes that you were, that you associate with Italian football came into play? What's that trope done? They absolutely shit out of it. Shit out of it. Yeah, yeah. It was um, everything you expect. As a way Did to, you enjoy it? Uh, yeah. I was yeah, I, like I I'm I kind of was torn because it is because no, fu- like it. it's funny. There is part of it that's funny, but there is also an element of it where I was like, oh, "This was a really good game, and you just spoiled it. You just stopped it. Well, you just picked the ball up and went home." It's <laughs> like, "Oh, I was enjoying that. Put that uh, back on." Uh, that's how you. That's how you get through a game of football. It was um, almost as if um, Chiro Mobley came into my front room, took the remote out of my hand, and turned <laughs> the telly off, and told me to go to bed. He was like, "It's done now." That's how, you, that's how you get through these games. That like, You've got to be clever enough to do that, and there's various different ways of doing it, but <laughs> I, I, I think it's fine. What's wrong the, fun, the funniest part was Chadley coming out of nowhere, like a wrestler, like his music just came on, like everyone forgot about him, doing something really good, <laughs> coming off injured straight away. I'm done. I'm, you know, well, I think I, I, one of the things I wanted to actually mention about NASA Chadley coming on was because, the, the, in the same way with Southgate, sort of a slightly different way, but I think there's been a lot of talk around is Martinez the right man? Should they have had somebody else in? You know, has he wasted this in air quotes golden generation? But I think, I think he's gotten to they got to a semi final of a World Cup, didn't mm-hmm. they? Lost to France. Lost to France. Did they get to the semi? They lost in the quarterfinals to Wales. Yeah. Was he the manager then? He was the manager then, and they lost in this quarterfinal. I think with that team, I mean, why De Bruyne is playing with one ankle is beyond me. Torn ligaments, apparently. Torn ligaments. You'd play though. I know, but if you think you take him out, you take Eden Hazard out of that team. I'm I'm not convinced it's as strong as people think that it is. Well, I said to the first prediction one. Because I didn't think them two were fit, that's why I didn't think they'd get past the quarterfinal. Yeah. But I was surprised. I know he's not the same level. I'm surprised they haven't used Trossard all tournament. Yeah, because he's I'd, somebody you can open up. He's got a little bit of quality, hasn't yeah, he? and he's played in the Premier League. And he's obviously up to that high pace t- tournament type style football. But yeah, past past that first eleven. That's what I mean. You're looking at it and going. Would Nasser Chadley get anywhere near England squad? Well, I, I think the worry for them is, and we would consider Belgium. Belgium are a, a number one ranked team in the world. No, I think the worry. I, mean? I think the worry for them is, is that the reason it's a golden generation is because they're very worried that another generation isn't going to come for a country where, that size. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and I think that's why they're looking at it and going, we haven't used this. But sometimes it, it works in a way that you know. But it is a golden generation, isn't it? Well, I, I suppose it for is a, for a country but of that I, size to have some of those players. It is, but it's at the peak of the powers, say 2018, ridiculous. Yeah, but sometimes, sometimes you need a little bit of difference. Sometimes it doesn't work. We've seen it with England. But they lost. They, they they lost to, to France, who ultimately Eventual won it. Yeah. So they, they they if if they'd have beaten it's France, that they'd have won it. one. That's the killer, really. Yeah, that's the kick in the teeth for them. Is that one? But, but they were bad in that game. They were awful. They were really bad. They had Lukaku's brother playing left back. He was te- oh, yeah. he was terrible. Big Jordan. You can't play. I've forgotten you, about that. You can't play. Romelu and then one Jordan. 
You can't, <laughs> yeah. You can't play those. Oh, that's a great name. What's mine? Um, <laughs> God, pick one out of the ass. You John, can't play those John, games. Graham, Graham Lukaku. You but, can't play those games with players of that quality. No, because the, stand, the standard drop-off is huge at that point, isn't it? It's massive. Um, okay, so so Spain, Italy, which is the, the first semi-final, which is this evening on the BBC at Wembley in front of a bumper crowd. Again, as we mentioned before, if you want to pick up your tickets, just a, a cool £800 or, <laughs> or, or see you in there. Um, Spain versus Italy. Ant, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to come to you first. Hit me with your prediction. Italy have got too much for them, haven't they? I think they're a bit too clever. They're not as green as Spain. <laughs> They'll know exactly what to do. 1-0 Italy. 1-0 Italy. Right. I think there's an assumption Italy are just going to win and England are going to win, which is dangerous. Um It'll be the first game I think that Italy will have less position in the opposite less possession in the opposition. Um uh, even against Belgium they had more. Mm. But as Ant said, them key moments, I think Italy will get right. So I'll go two one Italy again. Yeah, I th- I can see I can see Italy running away with this. I really can. I'm gonna go three 0 Italy. I think you get ahead of Spain, I think they'll they'll, yeah. they'll collapse. Spain needs to score first because Italy yeah. Do you have the ability to lose the heads a little bit? Marata might have a big say, mightn't he? Because obviously with the, the connections are playing in, in, in the country yeah, as true. well, uh, there's been a lot said about him. It'll be a huge game for him. You can imagine he wants to go and put a, a lot of things right. And I think a lot of success from Spain might actually need to go through him. The thing to be yeah. wary of as well, Italy's really good defensively because they press, they press like mad all over the pitch. They win the ball high up. It's really good to watch. Spain are probably the only team that can probably pass through that press. Yeah, that's true. And if you leave Benucci and Chiellini, the great as a back four or a back five as a defender, like the winch As a unit, yeah. You get them in their channels. You get Pedri, you get Alba on the overlap. I mean, spin is always not going to be there. My only huge for my, Italy. My concern with, with, with regards to that is, is that you talk about Morata. Is there a worse centre half pairing for someone like Alvaro Morata to be playing against the Well, this is two. this is what You'll I mean. Get the joy through the Ferran Torres and the Sarabia. Kick fuck out of no, him. No, this is what I mean. I, I think he has to. He'll know that. That this is what, I, this is what I'm trying to say is that, that he's going to have to raise his game to the best it's ever been. Yeah. If you get Morata to draw them out, which I think he's capable of doing, I do as well. And you get Ferran Torres getting in between the wing back and the centre half. I think it's going to be closer than people think. Three 0 <laughs> uh, Ryan, before we we conclude, there was something I did want to ask you. You're um, you're somebody that that you know. For anyone who knows you, enjoys being being correct about things. <laughs> probably, probably more so than anyone I know, other than my good self. Okay, fair um, that. How tricky are you going to find a potential England versus Italy final? Because you've gone huge on Italy, huge on them. Yet you are an avid England fan. Is that yeah. going to be? Are you going to be torn? Ultimately. The love for England will override it. Are you going to go for like an England top, but with an Italy one underneath? No, no, it's not quite those levels. I like Italy. Obviously, my grandmother was Italian, and I like them to back them, and I like being right, as you said. And plus, everyone seems to like Italy, don't they? The the moody, the stylish. They will do until they beat England one nil in the final and ming it. But ultimately, if they're being, go on Google Translate, uh, Casa de Merda against England, shit houses, then. I'll be fuming at the telly, so. That was excellent. I thought you were going to go for it's coming home, but in Italian. Oh, I should have done that. Did you say, is it Casa de, de Merda? Casa Mer- de Merda, yeah. Merda, kind of like a, the French word for shit as well. Yeah. Merda. Excellent. Great yeah. to see. Who would have thought that this would have finished on some kind of Duolingo, Duolingo yeah. sort of... Excellent bit of knowledge here, Danny. Title in Italian once, forgot it all. The last question here says, who would you rather face in the final? Yeah. Spain. I'd rather face Italy. I know what I'm getting. No, this reason I know what I'm we getting. would bully. Imagine a love train against Spain. No, I don't <laughs> bully them. I know, but I'm scared. I, 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 my only right now is that Spain seems to be this really unknown, weird thing that keep winning. Yeah, I know what you mean. And getting through. Whereas I know what Italy do, and I know that England will go, go on, have the ball. I know. I will go at you when, I know, when you lose it. I wrote that question, so it's probably going to be a bit of an odd answer for me. But I almost feel like it kind of doesn't matter because. Well, ultimately, it doesn't, does it? No, but I, I would rather play Spain. And you don't get the choice, even. No. Here, so. Well, it'd be nice if we did. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll pick um, Scotland. Oh, shit. It is, it is at our stadium. So maybe the team that we want to go through 
we'll like do that thing where we make the other dressing room horrible you know like make it hot and that because oh, yeah. we know yeah. it's hot it's difficult when well, it's last hot. question then if it's a Denmark Spain final which no one's predicting who wins that everyone loses because no one's going to be watching it <laughs> Denmark the Gary boys L- Gary Lynn will do that tweet you know when he announces how many people Imagine are watching Denmark it and zero after what they've been through Imagine hey, Denmark, Denmark have... did win it it's, it's sort of annoying that we have to play them in the semi-final because yeah, I, I, I love a great story. Like I yeah. love a great fairy Denmark tale. Have, Denmark have got a great chance as well. To be fair, of course they have. So I mean, to uh, England smash them. Dark horses shout as well, which I think is, you know, it just needs to be mentioned again. It's did, superb. Did Dan pick them as dark horses? I'm gonna. We, we, this is not for now. This is for the review show, okay. and we'll get to it when we get to it. But just listen and mark this in your bookmark. He did. He did though. He did. He did pick them. But I would like to. Uh, I'd like to. I, I, there's, there's, there's a few words I've got to say to the young man. Do you know? I know what they are. It's only uh, they won a tournament in '92. Are they dark horses? That wasn't what I was going to say. Liar! Now we've got to change before the reviews. <laughs> 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 um, right, I'll wrap us up there, chaps. Thank you very much for for your time this evening. And <laughs> big thanks to you. The list. I don't like doing this, but when you're staring at me, <laughs> sorry, I looked down. No, look at me. Look at me. <laughs> uh, big thanks to you the listener for being with us uh, we've got another episode out tomorrow uh, it's our, our weekly interview episode which will be with Tom Chapman from the Lions Barber Collective so that's definitely worth checking out tomorrow morning and then we'll be back for a semi-finals review and a preview of the final that'll be out on Friday morning hopefully that'll be previewing England's first final since 1966 if you discount La yeah. or the Nations League did we get to the final of that? No, another semi. We just love oh. semis. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on that, I'm going to wrap us up. If you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter at marking underscore man. And don't forget to use that hashtag, where's the semi lads? Um, <laughs> we'll see you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening. <laughs>